0: Welcome to this episode of Aging Fearlessly. In society today where alcohol is accepted as part of the Australian culture and is strongly connected to social situations, it's no wonder that many adults, including the over 50s, are struggling with addiction. The legal age of 18, we expose so many teenagers to the culture. We make it acceptable to drink often to excess and harmful levels. Fortunately, we are seeing more awareness about the damaging effects of alcohol and also drug use. My guest today is Rachel Hind. She is an expert when it comes to dealing with addictions. Rachel leads Smart Recovery on the Northern Beaches, helping people navigate the rocky road to recovery. Rachel is also the owner of Be Your Best Self, a private addiction and recovery coaching program. Welcome to Ageing Fearlessly, Rachel.
1: Hello, Karen.
0: It's so good to have you here. We were introduced via a friend, and I'm very lucky to have been introduced to you because the things that you are introducing to people and talking about and helping them with are important for them to live a better life.
1: Yeah, exactly, yeah, and um, it's absolutely fabulous to be here today too and big thank you to uh, our mutual friend. But, um, yeah, it is something uh, looking at drugs and alcohol is often being the elephant in the room that people don't really want to talk about. So it's great to be here and be given the opportunity to talk about it.
0: Yeah, well, it's close to my heart because... As I've been talking to you about, I've taken the step to embrace a life free of alcohol. And I did that. Fantastic. Yeah, it is for me. I had a very busy year last year and I came to the realisation that something had to go in order for me to be able to function at the level that I want to function at, the things I want to achieve. And so, yeah, that's part of the reason. And I realised that it's something that I don't need in my life tell me a little about yourself and your career prior to going on this journey
1: first I just want to say that's absolutely fantastic what you're doing and great role model so very inspiring and it's quite amazing when you share your story to to friends colleagues associates that other people uh, will also share their journey or struggles so that's Absolutely fantastic being, being, keep keep it up. Sobriety is cool. Yeah. And we sound like we're
0: on a bandwagon, <laughs> but it's not a bandwagon at all. This is just about what we've found for our, ourselves yeah. works yeah. and what's important for us to lead the life that we want. And you mentioned telling your friends and family when you do open up that you've stopped drinking or sorry, I'll come out for a coffee or a, a water, but I'm not drinking, they go, What? And then yeah. they, they actually own up to the fact that it's something that they would like to try.
1: Yeah. It's the only drug where actually uh, people don't like it that you don't take it. <laughs> yeah. And they, they really want to encourage you to take that drug. And, <laughs> and you know what? Which is funny, which is quite surprising. But yeah. Well, um, my story. Well, if you actually look at uh, my LinkedIn, I'm a long-time corporate professional, qualified as a lawyer and an accountant. so. I've been working in banking and finance for over 20 years. So obviously being involved in the corporate world means those high stress days, long hours, often followed by booze-fueled events. So... Uh, What started off is over 20 years ago as social and fun use, which I think for most people it does start off as social and fun use. Drinking at work events ended up turning to habitual drinking at home. And for the last five years, this started negatively impacting both me and my family. Mm. I was a working mum, working full time, coping with long hours in the corporate world, coping with the stresses and pressures of juggling family and kids at home. I was really tired, stressed, was suffering from major anxiety, brain fog. (laughs) Brain fog? Oh, (laughs) hang on, where are we? (laughs) Exactly. Brain fog, memory loss, and just was sick of just feeling crap. (laughs)
0: Yeah, and so you were functioning, you were getting up, you were going to work every day, I know you were a runner, so you were running, you look amazingly fit, you're juggling a husband, you're juggling two kids, school events, Then no wonder you had anxiety.
1: Yeah, and I knew that there was something more, I wasn't living my best life, and if I really wanted to achieve the results I wanted in my life... I needed to change, and the biggest habit I could change it would have the greatest positive impact in my life was my drinking.
0: I love that, the positive impact yeah. in your life, because you just sounded like you were talking about me then. <laughs> <laughs> what? Something had to go? Yeah, and that was the one that was going to give me the yeah, most positive correct. impact in my life. It just feels amazing when you make that step and – I do say it, draw the sand in the line. Yeah. I drew a sand in the line, a line in the sand. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God, did I have a drink last night? (laughs) No, I drew a line in the sand and I don't step over that line anymore.
1: Yeah, and I think you've done a fantastic job, Karen, because most people that I see and clients that I currently coach in or have coached need a lot of intensity and support. It's... Probably one of the hardest things that people do in their life is quitting drinking or going sober for a period of time. And that doesn't necessarily mean sober forever. You might just choose to have extended periods of sobriety, but it is probably one of the hardest things that people do in their life. And
0: I'm going to add to that. It's hard in this country Mm -hmm. because it is so socially acceptable. Rachel, do you want a drink? (laughs) Am I yeah. torturing you? Yeah. Do you want it? No, and that's what it's like. What you're not drinking?
1: Yeah. What you don't want to drink? Just have one. Yeah. Or you've been sober for a period of time, and they're like, "Well, you're fine now, so surely you're okay to have one now." So you'll get that a lot.
0: Yeah, but I choose not to, and the negative effects the next day when you go, "Why did I do that?" Yeah, it's harder to live with that. Yeah, than to to not drink.
1: And. One of the big things that I think that especially impacts, I see impacts women, is the anxiety that the the anxiety that women get, often the shame, the guilt, the dread that they get from the drinking, which often is waking them up the night that they've had the drinks. And that anxiety is actually a chemical reaction that's happening in your body, which can go on for up to three to five days. So... Just the anxiety is one of the reasons that I chose to stop drinking because that was just becoming such a problem. The lack of self-love and the shame and the guilt and the dread around my drinking.
0: And the story's the same usually for everyone. It's yep. the same, same, yep. maybe played out slightly differently, yep. but the same. Life by hadaway Yeah. Tell me about this
1: song. I know. It's, it's a pretty high-intensity party, uh, jump around the house song. The the reason I love it is that I am a big Tony Robbins fan and I go to most of his events and one of the things that I do every morning to get me in the right zone and to get me in peak state for the day is I play a really motivating song. This is my favourite, the one I play and then I usually do some physical thing like jump in the air or scream yes but yeah it gets me in the right high energy state to go and attack my day and followed by that i often do like a you know i love myself ritual so it's it's a high energy gets me in the right frame of mind to attack the day
0: so this is your morning ritual
1: morning ritual
0: you are listening to radio northern beaches 88.7 and 90.3 your community radio station. I'm talking with Rachel Hine today and she's an expert in recovering from addictions and Rachel, no wonder your life starts on a positive note every morning. If you're jumping around to the house to that sort of music, <laughs> oh my goodness, you're really fired up. you feel you're ready fired up
1: yeah i think my kids often say their mother's crazy
0: (laughs) hey i'd rather have a crazy mother than one that was dead boring (laughs) they'll remember you and they will tell stories you'll be the butt of stories Yep. Rachel, you've set up a new business. Can you tell us about that more? What was your why for setting up this business?
1: Okay, well, obviously, being um, living through an addiction myself is that I obviously needed help and needed support. And I went to AA once and I also did smart recovery and also got the help of a psychologist. But what I found is that I needed intense support. I was trying to change a lifelong habit of over 20 years. So having the AA traditional method was not really working for me. And there were other other support mechanisms out there. But it was more like you could get one hour session a week. And I needed more than that. I wanted somebody that was going to be there for me, hold my hand through the journey and especially somebody that could be available outside of our book session. So somebody that could could help my hand on the days I got the urges and cravings, which were typically the Fridays, Saturdays, often Thursdays. So I needed more support than what was currently being offered out there. And, And other people were coming to me and saying they also needed the similar support once I had gone into recovery. So that's when I thought there's an opportunity here to help people in the form of personal coaching, recovery coaching,
0: and it isn't one method fits all. Correct. We need to say that you know some people might choose yeah. AA, some people might choose Smart Recovery, some people like a very individual, personalised approach. And really, we're all about people getting well and sober.
1: Correct. And and that's and I can that was a great point to highlight, Karen, is that everyone is different when it comes to addiction and to the support they need and that's why there's no clear definition of what is an addiction or are you an alcoholic it is not black or white there is no scale that you pass you know two drinks for somebody might be absolutely fine but for somebody else might be on the way to having a problem that's a really good point to show that What might work for somebody might not work for somebody else. What might be a problem for some for someone might not be a problem for someone else. Yeah,
0: so you can't judge or put something. You know, you can't tell someone, well, this is you. Correct. You don't fit into a pigeonhole. Yep. Yep.
1: Yep. So, so what I wanted to do was just give some more intense, modern, confidential, tailored support, which is also outside of normal business hours and in the weekends. And what I've done together is pull a program which is using smart recovery techniques, the proven behavioural science techniques, along with a lot of the other learnings I've learned from students, other courses I've done. So it's a program of lots of different facets.
0: Yeah, and listening to what people need.
1: Listening to what people need, yeah.
0: And then applying it and helping them. Exactly. So your new business is called?
1: Be Your Best Self. Oh, tell us about being
0: your best self. (laughs)
1: This is a question I ask myself probably on a daily basis. Whenever I've got a problem or a challenge I'm confronting, I will often say to myself, what would the best version of myself do in this moment? Because typically the best version of yourself will do the right thing and that right thing is typically something where your actions align with your values. And that is when you're actually feeling like you're living your best self. So that's how it came, is I was thinking, this was something I learned when I was going through recovery, and I still use it nearly every day in my life. And it was like, being my best self was not drinking. For me, that was the case, but being your best self for somebody else might be moderating, might be controlling, but we all know when we're actually playing out our best self or the best version of ourselves
0: yeah you can tell can't you, you? Can tell. and and only you can tell because yeah. only you you's in this body and soul yeah yeah it's Correct. very personal
1: it's very personal everyone's got different values everyone's got different beliefs so but you know when that aligned your values and beliefs are aligned with your actions and behaviors and that's when you are feeling the best version of yourself
0: Alcohol is the root of addiction.
1: I always think of that quote, uh, push back on the drink pushing, which I think is a good one.
0: Push back on the drink Drink pushing. pushing.
1: What I have seen, and and being at Smart Recovery and going through it myself, is that alcohol is a primary drug in 80% of the cases. So typically in addictions, there is a primary drug and a secondary drug. There's usually always two. (laughs) Often people don't know which is their primary one, but when you actually filter it down and you look at where the issue starts, it's nearly in every case alcohol. So they'll start with alcohol and then that will lead on to some other addiction, you know, be it smoking, be it recreational drugs, be it gambling, be it sex, be be it whatever. But in most cases, alcohol is at the root of the addiction.
0: Is ice cream one of them? (laughs) (laughs) To laugh because I was telling you, since I've given up alcohol, I've really developed a love of ice cream.
1: Yeah, well, I think I think that's very normal, Karen, to, to start sugar cravings because of the amount of, amount of sugar that's in the wine. So, of course, your body's craving it in other forms.
0: But what about shopping? <laughs> I leave my credit card at home.
1: <laughs> Sorry to make you
0: this is a very serious topic, but we le- we need to have some light-hearted um, banter yeah. about it. such yeah. a serious topic.
1: Yeah. Well, it is, and I think this is what we're starting to highlight, is that it's not the drags. I think that there's been this big war on drags, and that drags are the problem. The, 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 actually, what's causing the most problem is alcohol in society. If we look at last year's stats, 2018 in Australia, three-quarters of, Deaths were, in relation to substances, three quarters were related to alcohol, one quarter related to all other drugs. So that's opioids, that's recreational drugs, that's marijuana. So you can see the statistically, alcohol is the main cause of the problem.
0: Because on every other corner, there's a bottle shop or a pub, and it's legal.
1: Yeah, correct. And Re- the culture.
0: Yeah, Exactly.
1: Yeah, and I mean, you just need to look at the wine memes that come through on social media. Things like, you need wine to enjoy your kids. You know, that whole, whole mum culture around drinking wine, wine o'clock. You know, there's that whole culture that you need wine to enjoy your kids. <laughs>
0: yeah. No. <laughs> Once upon a time... When I was younger, I'm a little bit older than you, but cigarette ads were huge. Marlborough country, you know, yeah. and you're out there riding a horse, smoking a cigarette. It was You're in the bar smoking a cigarette. You Everything you were doing, you were smoking a cigarette. Sometimes it was these glamorous women with the long-handled cigarette holders and, and it's the same. We see the same thing yeah. with alcohol yeah. on TV yeah. and it hasn't been banned where cigarettes have now been banned.
1: Correct. Yeah, and it's interesting that it has been banned in certain countries. So in Ireland, UK and Scotland, they've got restrictions on alcohol advertising. So it's quite restricted. It's over certain times, you know, not till after certain times of the night, and it's very restrictive. So, But Australia is very far behind.
0: And I think in places like Canada... A bottle of wine is so expensive because of the government tax on it. Mm-hmm. And I think part of that was to stop people actually going in and buying it yep. in huge quantities. Yep. Yeah, Diamonds by Rihanna. you want to talk about that song?
1: This song reminds me of my daughter who's seven years old. And the main chorus, the words are, shines bright like a diamond. And uh, it just makes me think of my daughter. So that's why I love the song.
0: It's a lovely reason to love the song. Yeah. Welcome back to 88.7 and 90.3, your community radio station. You are listening to Ageing Fearlessly with Karen. Please go to Facebook and like the page Ageing Fearless. I'm here today with Rachel Hind and we're talking about Sobriety and living the best life you can. We're looking at ways that you can give up drinking and some of the statistics and information around drinking. I've got a question here, and I'm sure it's people often ask themselves, well, they might say, Do I have a drinking problem? But the question is, How do the listeners identify if they have a drinking problem?
1: Well, there's typically, if I just want to tell you that most people will start out thinking, uh, do I have a drinking problem and head straight to Google?
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't they head to Google for everything yeah. these days? My best friend, Google.
1: Yeah, so most people end up doing Google search first and uh, my God, I did it. And the actual stats show that people will do Google searching on am I alcoholic? do I drink too much, do I have a drinking problem, typically 40 times before they reach out for help. Is that right? Yes. 40 times. 40 times. I just did a search myself on the question, do I have an alcohol problem, and I recovered over 200 million results.
0: (laughs) Is that all? (laughs) Were they... (laughs) <laughs> they weren't all Australian because we don't have 200 million. So, so, yeah, there's other people with problems.
1: <laughs> so what I'm saying is that obviously Google is a great source of information and, and it's a really good help and a good starting guide. It's not where people should base their self assessment What I would say if people do think that they have a problem is to reach out for help. My personal definition of, and this is how I've personally defined addiction, and you won't find this in any textbooks. Um,
0: this is a Rachel This is a this Rachel Hind definition this is a Rachel of Heimed. do I have a drinking problem? Do I, have
1: a drink- I mean, I've got a criteria, I've got 11 questions, which is very much based on the formal criteria that doctors use to diagnose. But my personal definition, when you try to stop something that you know is bad for you, but you have failed to stop on your own. So where I say it is that you can... Continuing to do this, to have this problem behaviour, you know it's not good for you, but you cannot stop on your own. And when you're at that point, when you know that you've tried to stop, you, if you continue, it's bad for you, you cannot stop, that's when you should reach out for help. Do you
0: think a lot of people are scared to reach out for help?
1: I uh, completely agree, completely agree. And that is because it is a taboo subject because people don't want to admit that they've got a problem. It's, and because of the culture that, that it's fine to be drinking. If you were a person that was going around to a barbecue and started, if I give it, sitting in the corner shooting up heroin, that would not be acceptable. And I told you before, the amount of deaths or the amount of problems that result from heroin use is a quarter of what it is with alcohol. But because alcohol is so socially acceptable, people don't think they've got a problem. It's not until they actually start, it's starting to see the negative impacts. And they start to see that if they continue with this, then things are going to get worse and the negative impacts in their life are going to get worse.
0: We're very big in Australia about labels. You're an alcoholic. You're a drug addict. What are your thoughts on labels?
1: Uh, I find them personally very self-sabotaging and actually placing a label on you and actually making you become that person. I've always said with myself I I had a problem behaviour and I actually personally probably say now I had an addiction because of my definition of trying to stop something that I knew was bad for me but I couldn't. I had an addiction. But... Addiction has a stigma because people, when they think of addiction, have these images of somebody there drinking at seven o'clock in the morning, drinking out of a paper bag. And, and what we're seeing now is that addiction is happening to everyday Australians. We're having addiction with social medias. We're having addiction with smartphones. We're having addiction with shopping. It's it's that coming back to that same definition of trying to stop something that you know is bad for you, but you can't seem to stop it on your own.
0: Rachel, we are human. Mm. As humans, we can have addictions of some type or a problem of some type. And there's always ways around... Dealing with these addictions or these problems,
1: and this is where you, this is where, and it's great, you know, like with what you're doing here, is this is where we've got to go and look at what is is the void in our life that we're trying to fill. So, typically, we're using alcohol or drugs to fill some void in our life, and we need to try and address what that void is. And often, it can be as simple as Starting to do other things which give you pleasure. The reasons we drink or we do drugs is either to gain pleasure or to numb pain. So if you can do something which is going to gain pleasure, like often uh, doing old hobbies, um, if you can do something to obviously look at the underlying problem which you're trying to avoid or trying to numb, try to address that. Going back to actually where what the source problem is, and and I've found even simple things like we're placing bringing back in hobbies, getting people back out into the community, doing some community contribution, volunteering, that can actually that can begin to get, fill that void that people are using to fill with drinking.
0: And that's something like you know giving a gift to the community or whatever yeah. in terms of your time and your energy is very fulfilling. I, just,
1: I exactly agree. It's
0: better to give than receive. Yes. Yeah. yeah. You talked about pleasure and pain. Uh, I think for a lot of women, well, I'm not going to generalise. Yeah. For people on their own or raising children on their own, quite often it can be loneliness mm. as another reason why they're drinking. They come home from work, they sit on the couch, they open a bottle of wine and the wine becomes their companion.
1: And, and the stats support that, Karen. Um, over 40s, and it's over 40s, women, middle-aged women, there's been a 20% increase in drinking in the, last, in the last two years. And women now are drinking just as much as men in that age category so there's been a massive increase which you actually then compare that to the under 25 year olds from the 18 year olds to the 25 year olds there's a between 25% decline in the amount and the levels of drinking so over 40s is, has been a significant increase and and if i can bring that back to uh, what i what i said is is that the main triggers uh, is an acronym that we use is called halt Hmm, and okay. H stands for hungry yeah A stands for angry and yep. and here, here anger can also mean stress L stands for lonely yeah loneliness and I also add in there boredom and T, and, and T stands for tired
0: and they're the they're the those, main triggers. Those
1: are if you if you look at most of your triggers, they will fall into one of those categories. And what what an, I am seeing with clients in the over forties, over fifties category is that the boredom, the loneliness, uh, the, the 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 you know the, the sort of that whole that whole point is actually coming out, and so that's triggering people to then go and go and drink to fill that void in their life is to go and drink.
0: I think being on the northern beaches here we typically have um, very few men that are single and there's a lot of single women and I think that that can contribute to to women in particular being lonely um, and not being able to meet their needs in relationships because there's no one out there to no men out there to um, have relationships with, to find you know, to partner with, yeah. which is another factor. I just thought I'd throw that in. And,
1: I mean, and, and as we also seen in it, though, Karen, people that are in relationships oh. are feeling lonely, so yeah. it's, it's...
0: If their partner's not meeting their needs.
1: I, I see a lot of stay-at-home mums that have are feeling lonely because the, 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 the men are away a lot with work, so...
0: Uh, in saying that, in my mother's generation, there was books like the. I think the book was The Valley of the Dolls, and it was about women who were taking pills during yeah. that, you know, and it was – I think it was related to – oh, my God, I'm racking my brain here. Mm-hmm. I think it was very much an American, you know, style book of the L.A.s and, the you know, the Hollywood. and. The, but The Valley of the Dolls was very much people being addicted to prescription medications. Yeah. And, you know, yeah, that was that generation because – in those days too wine wasn't available wine has become so much more available in australia and and a bigger culture for women and yeah it tastes good yeah and people like it and Mm -hmm. they develop that taste for it as well as then the pleasure that it has on their brain yeah and meeting the needs that thing that they need to fulfill for pleasure yeah
1: and just coming back to that, looking at the triggers. So those are what I see as the a, as a form most common. And the first thing we do is identify wh- which of those ones are unique to you. And and it can be as simple as somebody just eating food whenever they feel like a drink, having a meal instead of drinking. And sometimes that can be the catalyst that stops picking up that drink. So everyone's got their unique trigger but if you can try and identify what are your triggers and bring in some behaviour or action that you do to stop that trigger happening or to do something else, distract or avoid, then that can really help you from picking up that drink.
0: We will rock you. <laughs> Queen has been so popular lately, yeah? Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: What is it about?
1: Um, this is me running a marathon. I ran my first marathon last um last September, and this was one of my, my, my key songs that helped get me across the line.
0: <laughs> I'd need more than a song to get me across the line. We will rock you. Welcome back. You're listening to 88.7 and 90.3, your community radio station. To find out more, go to the website rnb.org.au. Rachel Hind is my guest today, and we're talking about addictions and particularly about alcohol. And she has some amazing tips uh, for helping people to overcome alcohol. And the next thing we're going to talk about is: Do everyday Aussies need sobriety coaches?
1: Well, um, first I want to say uh, if anybody thinks that, like, like the differences I've been through today. Just reach out. The first, the first part of healing with any problem behaviour is actually being honest with yourself and reaching out for support. So I don't mind where people go for that support. So if it's going to your local community, uh, AA, to Smart Recovery, going to your doctor, you know, there's a multitude of support out there. So the, be- so the best thing is just to reach out to support. Sobriety coaches have been labelled the new AA because people are finding that they're wanting some different support to the traditional methods. And the benefit of sobriety coaches, like any coach, is that you've got a personal coach there holding your hand through the journey. And most sobriety coaches, and I would really recommend finding a sobriety coach that has lived the experience or lived an addiction themselves.
0: So they're living in your shoes they're or living, have lived in your shoes? Living in
1: your shoes. They've got the knowledge, they've got the experience of being through it themselves, and they're able to hold your hand through the journey. And that's the intensity that often people need. That, you know, there's a structured program, plus they've got a phone number, they can call somebody at any time, like a person on call.
0: And it's not about being alone. You are not alone Mm. on this journey. None of us are alone. No. There's always someone that can help you. And if you're used to supporting yourself, there's nothing to be ashamed of to ask for help.
1: Yeah. And I cannot agree with that anymore. I'm a massive advocate of reaching out for help. I myself have got a coach. I think when we know we need help or we can't do something on our own, we need to reach out. And
0: and I just want to interject, you've got a coach. Like, if you were starting a new business, would you have a business coach? Yes. Of course. Yes. It's just the same. If you broke your leg, let's go one day, would you ask a doctor? Yes. 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 So it's the same sort of thing. Exactly. And it's just problematic to you at the moment doesn't mean it's going to be there forever yeah. if you reach out
1: yeah and by by you sharing your story on your your journey and by me sharing my story I was just a bit further along the journey we're all on a journey it's there's no end to it no um is helping others come forward with with their struggles or, or their healing or being honest or being authentic so well for
0: me Rachel aging fearlessly my brand and having those days where I was drinking and, you know, relaxing via drinking didn't go hand in hand mm. and I wasn't achieving as many things as I wanted. Yeah. And I just thought, you know, there's something that can go from my life and yep. make my life more positive. Mm. And it sits with who I am authentically yep. about ageing fearlessly. So it was part of the catalyst for yep. me to stop yep. and, you know I talked to my own family about it and I talked to friends and said you know it's time to stop yeah you know it's time to take a look at myself and I'm very much about personal development so I looked at this as another you know string to my bow in my personal development
1: yeah and that's absolutely that's that's exactly what you said. It just sums it up, and that's why I've set my business up is be your best self because, again, I believe for me to be my best self, just like what you said, was to, to not drink. So everyone's different. Someone it might be to, to moderate, but everyone knows internally what is right for them to be their best self.
0: Yeah. I must say one thing I really have noticed is my quality of sleep. I say I sleep like a dead person now. It's like, oh, my God, I have the best sleep.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's definitely true. I've lost two hours, so I went from an eight-hour sleep person to six hours. Because
0: you can get enough sleep in six hours.
1: The quality of sleep. It's not the quantity, it's the quality. Yeah. And I always love the saying, because I was very much a person that used to go out and do silly, stupid things, and I say I went from nights that I... Didn't want to remember to nights I didn't want to forget. Oh, that's
0: gorgeous! Have you ever made a post
1: like yeah, that, a, yeah, a picture? Yeah, I oh, have.
0: Can you send me that? I will, will you I will. write it down and send it to me? Because that is a that's gold. Yeah,
1: yeah, and it's so true. So I really feel like that. I used to be dreaded the the morning after I'd been out, but now I actually I feel so great after I've been out and had a great night.
0: You know, it's wonderful getting up on New Year's Eve, and I've done it the last couple of years, and. I haven't had anything to drink on New Year's Eve and I've got up and I'm at the beach at 6 o'clock and I see the sunrise and I'm in the water having a swim and celebrating with the people that have managed to get to the beach at 6 o'clock in the morning. God, what a great feeling. Start the year first, first swim of the year, 1st of January, 7 o'clock under the waves. Yeah, yeah, It's a great way to start the day.
1: And I would just say to people, if you can just remember one thing, when you go to pick up that drink at that night when you're in that, Point in time, just say push fast forward, push fast forward, and if you push fast forward to tomorrow, will you be wanting that drink? And it's it was one thing that stuck in my mind from my early days is just push fast forward to tomorrow, and typically most of the time you're like, nah, it could be quite easily not have that drink now.
0: These are wonderful tips. You're just you're like gold. <laughs> we could bottle you, you know, put it all in a bottle and just you know, yeah. not one with alcohol. Uh, Rachel, what's
1: on the horizon? Um, What's on the horizon for me? So I've got a few things going around the beaches area. Obviously, I I love I'm a Manly local, and I love I love living where we live in paradise. So don't tell (laughs) (laughs) everyone. So um, I've got a I've got a sober sisters catch up at the Manly Wine Bar. Actually, somebody did ask me why they it at the Manly Wine Bar, but it's actually they've got the best mocktails list in all of Manly. So I've got, really? yeah. So I, I uh, scanned all of the mocktail list in all of the Manly bars, so they've got the best one. So I've got a sober to catch up in April. So for anyone that's uh, sober, um, sober on the days, being sober for some period, just come down. It's going to be a social media, drinking mocktails, and just connecting with other sober people, um, and that's male and female so and then I'm going to be doing mindful drinking workshops looking to collaborate with hopefully Ruby Lane so there it'll be we're doing some talks and non-alcoholic beverages will be served and I'm going to have a panel with um with different people that have ditched the drinking and we've actually got a millennial who's going to come on and talk about how she's not drinking at age 24 and chosen not to drink so That'll be great. Great so watch out for those. And then um, I've got a variety of other online... I'm looking to do an online sobriety program so it's not just one-to-one coaching that people can access us at at their own time and their their own home online.
0: They're really awesome things that you're doing and um, there's so many people out there that can benefit from what you're doing and I know that even listening to this that at least one person you will help today
1: yeah that's well, that's all I ask that's all I want to do that's what my drives me that's my passion that's if it's just one person that from sharing my story and sharing my struggles then then I've I've done my job and it's it's yeah that's my that's my passion that's why I'm loving doing this and it's what keeps me keeps me going
0: we do have time what are your daily rituals your (laughs) self-care rituals
1: my daily rituals well I am I'm very much a person that has my I call it my one hour of power in the mornings so this is before the household gets up before my two because you've now
0: two hours less sleep so you get up at 3 (laughs) a.m And off she goes for the day. No. No, I get up at five
1: my alarm goes up at five AM. So and I just need I need that time before the household wakes up and that's that time for me, my self care. What I learned with drinking, when I was an excessive drinker, is that my self-care, my self-love was at the bottom of the pile. So I need that time from when I get that first thing in the morning before the day starts. So I do some sort of exercise for 20 minutes. It could be yoga, running, um, walking the walking our chocolate lab, and I follow that by some meditation. And my meditation I do, um, uh, again, I'm a big Tony Robbins fan, but I do meditation which also involves some um, gratitude, some visualisation and a bit of work on what are your goals for the week.
0: I think there's a lot of people these days that have a lot more self-awareness. Mm-hmm. And especially of gratitude, it's a word that I hear often. And one of my girlfriends has an 11-year-old daughter and every day on the way to walking her her to school, she says, what are you grateful for today? And I think it's really important in a world where we're very privileged living where we live in Australia and even near the beaches, we're not grateful for what we have when you see what other countries and what other people don't have. Uh, And I think gratitude is a wonderful way to just be mindful and that's another word we use. Be mindful of what you do have. It's not the glass half full. You know, we we have endless possibilities here and support. And I think that's something to remember. And I
1: agree with exactly what you said. It's awareness. It's awareness of stopping and being aware of what we've got around us. And that comes back to drinking because... Often we're doing this unconsciously, reaching for the glass of wine, doing things unconsciously. Once you start becoming conscious about what you're doing and being aware, that self awareness can bring a lot of can can really bring change.
0: Yeah. Well, I think really the next question is how how do people contact you?
1: The best thing to contact me. I've got a website. My website is www.rachelhine.com um also i've got a 24-hour support line 24-hour seven days a week support line so people can reach out at any time there'll always be somebody there to pick up the phone and i will endeavor to answer back all calls within the next two hours so please just reach out any time of the day any day of the week my 24 hours seven days a week phone number is 1300 033 but i can send that um, send that through and, and have that on the podcast but yeah, website and um, phone number are the best and like I said I will return the call any calls for the first two hours
0: Well Rachel, have you got any last words for the listeners today?
1: I think what I'm going to come back to, to my business is just really sitting and thinking and asking yourself what would the best version of me look like and you know what would the best version of me look like and what habit what bad habit if i changed would have the greatest positive impact on my life i think if you ask those two questions that will really start to make you think where is change required in your life and it may be not big changes it may be 2 millimeter tweak here 2 millimeter tweak there so it's just having that view of what the best version of yourself would look like
0: And sometimes it's about not looking at all the things you need to change and changing them all at once because that sets yourself up for failure. We've all tried that. I'm going to go on a diet this new year and I'm going to do this and I'm going to do this and this. And they all pile in on top of you and you do none of them. But you prioritise the ones you want to change and you master one before you go on to trying to master another.
1: What did you just say to me, Karen, about your sugar your sugar increase?
0: <laughs> yeah, well, connoisseur, ice cream, and I are having a love affair right now, but <laughs> I'm actually slowly cutting that down, and I must say my weight hasn't changed, yeah, because obviously the sugar in wine um Perfect. I'm not not the intake in the sugar in wine, and you know, I wasn't an everyday drinker, but I really enjoyed my drinking, I love my wine, but mm-hmm. it just doesn't work for me anymore. Yeah. And I, I'm actually pleased with myself. I am much happier in myself because I am being authentic to how I want to live my life.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, this is a wonderful chat. So to the listeners, thank you for tuning in. I will be podcasting this And you can go to Ageing Fearlessly for the podcast after it's been live to air. And Rachel, would you like to say goodbye to the Northern Beaches listeners?
1: Yeah, and I thank you all for listening. It's been a wonderful opportunity. And all I can say is is reach out, take baby steps, one step with one foot in front of the other every day. And I'm here if you need any help. Please reach out. So this
0: is it for today's
1: program. It's
0: time to say cheerio to the wonderful Northern Beaches community. Join me next week for another episode of Aging Fearlessly. And now for a song written by Nick Howard, especially for the listeners. This is Karen Sander. Have a fantastic week, and remember, aging is inevitable, and growing old is a choice. The sun is shining bright outside. There's a sparkle in.
1: not all i to fight, it's a wonderful life.
0: Let's go and climb mountains
1: high Swim across ocean